Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing I know something about game shows, I suppose. I am your host, Jordan Haas. Before we get started, I just want to thank once again uh, the Blue Ribbon Podcast Awards for, for giving me the award for Best Game Show Podcast. Uh, it was held over at BookCon 2019, and I'm still regretting the fact I couldn't go, but I just want to thank everyone there for their encouragement and, and uh, their support for game shows, I suppose, this game show podcast I do every week. I, I can't thank them enough. I want to give everyone a big old hug if I could, but I, I can't because this is an audio podcast, not a physical discussion. Uh, but we have a good show tonight. Uh, we have uh, two guests, actually. We have Travis Griffin and Kimberly Dana uh, from the 25-hour game show Throwdown stopping by. Not just to talk about the Throwdown, but uh, their work in game shows. This is the first episode where we actually have people who work in the game show industry uh, talking about game shows. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're talking about funny you should ask today. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, I just want to give a quick uh, review of what I saw over the weekend. Um I watched the new Crystal Maze, the Celebrity Crystal Maze that aired on Channel 4. And the Eastern Zone was a very nice-looking zone. A lot of clever challenges, a lot of nice puzzles. A more brighter uh, zone compared to the Medieval. I don't know if I like it more than Medieval, but for what I see right now, I do enjoy it. Uh, They also added a new twist to the Crystal Maze called the Mega Crystal, where one of the ten games being played that day, uh, at the call of, of the captain will make it a mega crystal challenge worth 10 seconds of time. Uh, All it is is a much bigger crystal, and it's the same old game, no more difficulty as it normally is, uh, which gives you 10 seconds of time compared to 5 seconds inside the crystal dome. And it also has the the curse of of also being worth 2 crystals. So if there's 2 lock-ins, you can use 1 mega crystal to free 2 people, which I kind of like also as a twist to the game. Uh, other than that, Big Brother just started season 21, and in a couple weeks, we got McCray talking about Big Brother. It's a lot of fun. Stay tuned to that because I had a lot of fun talking to him. I hope you guys stay for that because I loved it. Um, but now it's time for our first of two reviews before we get to our deep dive. Tonight, only Fox is crazy enough to give away $23 million from executive producer Justin Timberlake. It's big money. We're going to throw a million dollars on this board. Big thrills. I am ready to spin this wheel. And big risks. No! Dak Shepard hosts the game with the only wheel big enough for primetime. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel premieres tonight on Fox. Spin the Wheel is the newest game show on Fox. Its executive producer is Justin Timberlake, and it's hosted by Dak Shepard. It, if you ask me, though, the creator is actually Andrew Glassman. Andrew Glassman is known for weird, dramatic set pieces with large, larger-than-life props and weird ways to win lots of money or lose lots of money through probability and chance. Uh, this comes from things such as National Bingo Night as well as The Wall. But to compare Spin the Wheel to The Wall is a very childish very immature and very childish observation to make when it comes to both 
the ongoing wall, which is going to premiere on 7-Eleven, and Spin the Wheel, which premiered last week. Spin the Wheel is a bit like the wall in the fact that there is millions to be won on a random probability through answering trivia questions, and then there is some sort of weird contract signing while a guy in a skinny black tie does a fist bump going, yeah, woo! But other than that, not so much. And it's very baby brain to say that. If you say that spin the wheel is the wall, you have a baby brain. Before we get to spin the wheel, I just want to talk about why it's not that. Because many of the complaints for the wall when it first premiered was, this is Plinko. This is just Plinko. Well, fuck faces, if you got rid of the Plinko wall and you replaced it with a giant fucking wheel, then what is it do you actually not like about the wall? Because maybe you should just start there and not weasel your way into calling it a ripoff. Folks, don't do that. It's not a ripoff. A lot of shows borrow from other things. Andrew Glassman might just be just another Bob Stewart, just the 2010s version of it. And my say, Spin the Wheel is getting the numbers, much like the same numbers as The Wall. Uh, the rerun of The Wall actually got almost the same amount of viewers as Spin the Wheel's premiere, uh, which is funny because it was around 3 million people, which is not that bad for a primetime game show. Now, Holy moly, did get the most that day, but we'll talk about that in a bit. So let me explain what Spin the Wheel is about. The contestant must spin 16 times on an oversized LED wheel. Now, there's a twist. What I thought was they were going to spin an actual wheel, but what it turns out to be is just a starter for a rotating motor that will then stop via an RNG to displace the ball that's kind of like a big spin ball and wherever that ball lands on which I guess is what makes it like the wall because a ball is bouncing and wherever it lands on is what you win uh, wherever it lands on that's what happens there are some that gain money there are some that lose money and it, as the rounds progress the wheel gets transformed and becomes very heavy stakes as each spin the wheel costs more and more money uh, it's very innovative in its technology, some of which I cannot explain through uh, some non-disclosure agreements with people who have worked on the show. So full disclosure, I know people who worked on Spin the Wheel. So uh, the technology is there, and it's very innovative. It's very cool. It's very sleek. It's a giant visual wheel that you can see but with the prop of it being that it can't really change and it's not really fabricated. Although if you say the wheel is rigged, I, I might understand where you might be coming from, but it cannot be rigged. It's just simply just an RNG background. Although I would say if they wanted to or they should have thought of was when they spin the wheel, like which is just a tap of, of, the, of the wall to start the power up, uh, if there was like a big button to stop it, and then as it stops, it does the slow motion. That would have been a, well, at least somewhat physical way to end the wheel spinning part of the show. And unlike the the wall, wall is played in three parts. Free fall, actually, uh, free fall, $250,000 with, uh, with two free shots, then three questions and two free shots. And then the final round, which is the four free shots, the million dollar slot, and then four red balls. Then there's the contract that happens right during the four red balls. 
that's the way the show works. For this, though, it is played in four rounds, divided up into four spins per round. In round one, they spin the wheel. It's a rotating more with RNG to stop it. So there is just there to just start the machine and then stop via an RNG decider. Values on the wheel are anywhere from $1 to $250,000. And it does play a bit like free fall from the wall, where the entire reason to start this round is to basically accumulate money through a series of A-B questions. If you are correct, the money is added to your score. If it's incorrect, uh, it loses the money. So one, two, three, and four are just A, B, either or questions, such as three of a kind or a flush, which one is the better poker hand? And then we got to the next round. In round two, it's played with multiple choices of three answers. Notice how it's the person spinning the wheel that's answering the questions, not someone behind the wheel. That's because in the twist of this show is, while the person who spins the wheel is also answering the questions, they have a partner and their choice in faith is rather or not to double up in round two, uh, where the values are anywhere from the same amount to $500,000. If the supporter inside this chair uh, sees a question that they are pretty confident that their friend who's spinning the wheel this entire time knows, they can push a button and it doubles the value of the wheel. That means there are four spins of up to $1 million. But just like in the last round, if they're right, they add the money. If they're wrong, it deducts the money. And that ends basically the let's accumulate money round. Because when we get to the part three and four, that's when the show gets somewhat different and kind of cool in a way that I love the show a little bit more than The Wall. Because we're already halfway through the show. We've already spun the wheel eight times. In round three is my favorite part of the show. It is called Build the Wheel. There are four sectors of the wheel. $1, $10, $100, and $1,000. In between two of them which lose money, two of them that gain money, and $1 million, which is next to a new space called Back to Zero. Back to Zero because you can't call it the whammy. You can't call it bankrupt. But that's what they're going to call it, back to zero, or BTZ, for the rest of this episode. If you land on BTZ, you lose everything you've made up to that point in the game, which is real high stakes. But you also have to answer four questions to build the wheel. One question is worth 250000 At the risk of if you get it wrong, we add one BTZ, back to zero space. One of these questions is worth $500,000 with two back-to-zero spaces. One is worth $1 million with three back-to-zero spaces, and one huge question worth $2 million with four back-to-zeros at stakes if you're incorrect. They see the first part of the question before deciding what value to play for, and once it's played, it's out of play. It The way they have the phrasing of the questions, it reminds me of show me the money. So it's kind of like, what former boy band, dot, dot, dot. And I love that. I love that kind of question and tweaking because you, you don't really get much and it adds a little puzzle element to the game. If they're right on the question, they can split the money in any configuration. For instance, if they got that $2 million question right, they don't win the $2 million. But 
they can move one, they can change one of those four spaces at two million dollars. They can change two of those spaces to be a million dollars each. They can swap all four of those small values to be five hundred thousand dollars, or you can do three of the four and make it six hundred sixty-six thousand six hundred sixty-seven dollars. Yeah, that's a space. That's actual space on the on the wheel. Six hundred sixty-six thousand six hundred sixty-seven. After every question, regardless of if they got the question right or wrong, they get to spin the wheel and build the bank. They could lose money, they can gain money, or they can lose any everything. And this is one of my favorite parts of the game because now you're going to see a lot more tension element in response to how am I going to play the questions, how am I going to build the wheel, I don't want to have a huge risk at this because four back to zeros is bad. And then we get to the final round. This is the final spins. Round four is called final spins. Spin 13, 14, 15, and 16. This is when the show becomes a bit like deal or no deal. There is going to be an offer made for guaranteed money. And that is held before the 13th spin. The contest, uh, the partner who was at the time doing the push the button for doubling up or not is made to decide if they want to take that guaranteed money or uh, spin the wheel. If the partner says in the game, they win that money no matter what. But also no matter what, we don't know if the if the partner decides to quit the game. So the partner is going to spin the wheel. The contestant the entire time must spin four times. That's what makes the game so enticing. So now four spins of the wheel. On spin 13, it's the wheel we just played at the end of, of round three. And then we have a second offer. Uh, with spin 14, there is a $1 million space added to the wheel, but there's one more back to zero space on the wheel. And a second offer is made. Then we go into spin 15 with a $2 million space and two more zeros. And a third offer is given. Spin 16, before we get to that final spin, a $3 million space, the biggest space on the wheel, plus three final lose everything back to zero spaces. If they go back to zero at any point during this final round, the game is done. It's over. No more spins. So these offers might be the only money won on the show tonight. The premiere episode saw very few six-figure amounts, so it feels like the wall, but... The set is more colorful, and because with the wall, it's you no, know, it's like green and blue and red and white. With this, it's more rainbows. It's it's there's still the blues, but there's more black, silver, gold, and it it feels totally different. There is more strategy than just ball placement on the plinko board. Uh, it's more of how much do you want to change the wheel. Do you want to play for less money and have one space for big money? Do you want to have less money on four spaces to protect yourself? Do you want to risk it knowing there's going to be four of these back to zero spaces? That I love about this show. Uh, but Dax Shepard is a very good host on this show. And if it's on, I will definitely return to spin the wheel. Uh, the questions are good. They're very clever, very smart. And the only knack that I have for spin the wheel is that RNG effect because it doesn't really play into the contestant's hands. So I would rather have like a button that lets the wheel stop 
or maybe uh, have it so it stops when they lock in either A, B, C, or A, B, C, and D. Because it kind of still plays like the wall. So the enjoyment of the game is based on rather or not. Of course, you like the wall. Um, but I think that's fine if you want to say it's the wall, but it's a little bit different than the wall. It's not... It's a very dismissive to call it the wall because it's all about building up this wheel into playing into your hands. So that way, when you reach those final spins, you can win millions of dollars or lose it on a back to zero. And it's that dilemma that plays into the game. The stop go, the stop and twist that goes into the final spins are very fast compared to what would be on deal or no deal, compared to what would be on the wall. And when it reaches the final part of the show, there's still a ceremony part of the show, but from what I'm gathering, it's very, very big money and lots and lots of lives are changed. So if you love the wall, you will love spin the wheel, but it's like comparing nacho cheese Doritos with cool range Doritos. They're both very fine shows. They're both very good shows. To me, you just got two different snack chips and hey, if this is another game show in, in Dispository, go for it. Does it fall in some of those trip, those little trap tricks and traps that go with modern game shows? Absolutely. But for what it's worth, I enjoy Spin the Wheel. It is one of those shows I will keep watching. I will watch it on Hulu. I will watch it on Fox.com because I just can't get enough of Spin the Wheel. I give it a solid B. And I'll spend more time talking about this with Brandon Parsons in an upcoming episode. This is your local forecast, and stay tuned. The national outlook is just ahead in our five-day planner. Byron Allen was the youngest stand-up comedian ever to grace The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Since then, he went on to create a media empire. Using his wealth of knowledge from those around him in the entertainment business, he founded Entertainment Studios, giving little cost to syndicators for airing the programs under his umbrella using the cost of those promotions to buy seven television networks and a movie studio, as well as buying last year The Weather Channel for $300 million. Sinclair Broadcasting, famous for its forced copy that was telling people anything against Donald Trump is extremely dangerous to our democracy, and ownership of the wrestling promotion Ring of Honor, acquired the Fox Sports channels from the Walt Disney Company for $10.6 billion. His company, Entertainment Studios, bought four local stations from Bayou City Broadcasting for $165 million. He owns a CBS affiliate, WEVV, an NBC affiliate, KLAF, and two Fox affiliates, WEEV and KADN. But even though he is making some big money deals, he still has time for his love of comedy, and that's where the awkward transition takes place. His company, Entertainment Studios, has a comedy game show that promises 21 laughs per episode. It has big-name comedy stars, and it has a format that's familiar, but different. It's time to talk about funny, you should ask. So let's turn the tables. With me on the line are a couple of friends, funny people, and exciting <laughs> game show friends of mine. One Travis Griffin, one Kimberly Dana. One of the first pair episodes, by the way, of this podcast. We've, we barely do pairs. <laughs> yeah, well, well we've, we're a package deal. We felt it. 
<laughs> so, especially given the show that we're talking about today. Yeah. So, yeah. So the episode we're doing today is uh, it's a little laugh out loud comedy show called Funny You Should Ask. You might see it on uh, syndicated markets. Check your local Check listings for dates listings. and times. <laughs> uh, it's an, it's noted because essentially Tra- Travis and just to disclose this so people don't yeah. think uh, you know we're gonna be biased here you 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 do work on the show. Yes, um, <laughs> I if uh, anyone out there watches the show and God bless you if you do. Um, we <laughs> my job on the show is to keep score and to flip the question card. So anytime you actually see the big screen change from the title to a question or a score change. That's me pushing a button on a computer to trigger that. So that's I wear a headset. I listen to the AD. I wait for my cues from from John Kelly, the host. I cue score. If there's a pickup, I take the score back. Um, but yeah, if uh, it, I'm essentially the, the hidden engine of that show. It's very fascinating yeah. work there. Travis, so but... and just so we're clear here, just because I have friends that work on the show uh, does yeah. not mean there's any bias. I, I I'm about ethics in game show journalism. Yes. And this is, I have to disclose this. That being said, what's the deal with Byron Allen? Uh, well, just, you know, <laughs> he's the youngest comic to ever perform on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Um, he's the youngest person to headline his own show with real people at age 18. Um, and uh, he, he wrote for Jim and JJ Walker. And he bought the Weather Channel for, for $300, $300 million. million. So why and isn't this show on the Weather it. Channel then? Um, reasons? I'm gonna just not answer that. <laughs> I'm gonna assume reasons. <laughs> I'm just gonna take a you stab know, in the dark gonna, and we're say go the weather, people... we're gonna go with the, with the we're gonna go with the weather channel is called the weather channel, not the game show. Yeah. Okay. That's that makes the, sense. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna roll with that. <laughs> we'll roll with that. Uh, you're both are behind the 25 hour game show throwdown. Yes, we are. Yes, uh, uh, you have July twenty seventh. Yeah, you have the executive producer and the co-executive producer. So yes, yes, you do. Uh, July twenty seventh, starting at twelve noon Pacific, uh, live from the uh, second floor of the Hyatt Place, Glendale, Los Angeles, in scenic municipal Glendale, because we couldn't do it in beautiful, beautiful downtown, downtown Burbank. Burbank. So it's scenic municipal Glendale. Um, it's it's adjacent to beautiful downtown Burbank. Yeah, I mean, I just went to the Galleria. It's a good mall. I got some shirts there. Nice, yeah. nice shirts. Yeah, it's, it's 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 getting there. Yeah, and the Hyatt's a, a brand new hotel uh, opened, in the middle of town. It opened uh, the towards the end of last year. Last year, yeah. um, Hyatts are amazing. Two you blocks. I'll stay at one. Two blocks from a Chipotle. Yeah. Two blocks from a Chipotle. There are a lot of nice Armenian one, dollars around there. One block from a good Chinese place. So. Foxy's is. Close-ish. Reasonable, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of good eateries. And I love the game show throwdown because, one, I know almost everybody that participates on that in one form That's or another. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, two, like, most of you are in the industry itself. So you're, when you're talking about playing these games for charity, they're done with a bit of love, which I really, really respect because it's not just the love of, of the game show. It's also for the good cause. And it's this nice blend of the two that I just absolutely love. Yeah, we we infuse. I mean, we've all been game shows between you know one year and forty years, 
you know, depending on the person. Yeah. And we've all developed this love of the genre and love of certain shows and, <laughs> and affinity for specific shows. And the fact that we get to sort of relive them to coin a phrase from a usual contestant we have <laughs> to the fact that we get to put on these shows. Yeah. We're living out a childhood dream, I guess, of either hosting or playing or whatever we're doing. But, but the fact that we're also doing it for a good cause and raising money for sick, tiny humans, that makes it more worthwhile. So we put a lot of energy into, uh, into writing and I put a lot of energy into programming and make sure the, the, programs run perfectly and look good and everything like that so i put a lot of energy into my hair makeup and wardrobe to be fair and our props, <laughs> and, and, our props. props and my writing and yeah i mean i think i think love is uh to, to be quite honest thing. a uh, love is a man's what no um i think the term love is a little uh putting it mildly yeah when it comes to us i mean I'd say passions about passion, yeah. uh, the fiery passion of a thousand suns. I think is more apt for it because I mean I think everyone other than myself and my fiance have mm -hmm. been game show fans for life, almost all their lives, mm -hmm. and and my random game show journey began. I mean, I grew up watching Jeopardy like everybody else, and yeah. I grew up watching the game show Ambassadors yeah, Jeopardy. Yeah, and I and I grew up watching um, Wheel of Fortune, but that was kind of in the normal stuff on Nickelodeon because I'm 30 and I was born in '89. But yeah. high five, yeah, woo! Yeah, hell yeah! And then same as my fiance, and then Travis moved in, and I kind of again came down the rabbit hole. I just kind of spiraled into this amazing world, and now I have this gigantic. And Tom and Daisy uh, tattooed on my arm, and mm -hmm. my fiance and I are now a part of this great big, ridiculously passionate fandom and a great big group of people who we now have as very close friends. That it's it's kind of an, an entity of its own. Mm -hmm. That it's a lot of people don't know. It's kind of like an underground secret, like skull and crossbones yeah. society, like skull, <laughs> it, like skull and like. You know the microphones and daisies society, yeah, like it's... Daisy and the Cross Mike society, and yeah. like no, if you don't get the Sony ABC, you're just done for. Yeah, yeah, like once once you're in, you're kind of like in, man. Yeah. There's there's no way out. So thank you for telling all my listeners that game show fandom is a cult. <laughs> we I just mean, summed up. It's, yeah. yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's I mean, not. It's not a cult. It's just a way of life. We'll to, we'll put it. But to yeah. be fair, the, the the group that you're talking about, it it's really is like the friendliest, nicest people. We have already had a few of them on this show, such yeah. as yeah. Mike, and we're getting Tim on pretty soon. And yeah, they are just the biggest bundles of joy that you could just like. You just want to just be around them almost every day. <laughs> and, no, yeah. it's it's true. They I look being a being a woman in I'm I'm like I'm just come out and say it, being a Go woman as a. Uh, a new game show host and a new game show fan is, is quite bluntly slightly terrifying. Um, huh. I didn't know what I was getting into, uh, being a female game show host amongst a bunch of, of men. So I came into this going like, oh my god, I don't know if they'll think I'm not worthy or I'm not going to be that great. I don't know how I'm going to be looked at by these people. Like, there was there was a lot of... Uh, I was a bundle of nerves driving into Vegas. I, mm -hmm. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know 
honestly, most of the people there, I only knew the people I only knew who Ben Travis, I'd met Tim, I met Adam maybe once. And so I was really big old bundle of nerves. And I walked in and I was met with such love and acceptance and support. And everyone's going, you're going to do great. We know it's your first time. We're no matter what, we're going to be really proud of you. It's so cool that you're into this. And everybody wanted to know more about me. And my fiance came because I was so nervous. I said, I don't think I can do this without you. And he jumped in my car because we took a rental and he drove out to Vegas that night, got there for my show and everybody accepted him. And it was just this big old family feeling of like, I feel so protected, like emotionally something I have a little breakdown because I'm so nervous because it's my Mm. first time and somebody will come on over and hug me like I'm their baby sister and be like you're good we got you no worries and it was just like smooth sailing and I've never felt so at ease as an actor and a performer and it's I've been doing it for 25 years and it's the easiest time I think I've ever had yeah they're they're so great and the the first three games that she hosted because, um, because unfortunately, uh, Ethan Muslin had to drop out at the last minute. Yeah. So she took his spot and she hosted Danger Price, Hole in One, and Secret X as part of our Price All Night. And she did a damn good job with and those I'd, three games. And I'd never watched an episode of The Price is Right in my entire existence yeah. until uh, two days before I had to host. Yeah. Because that's, I think, when I found out I had to host. And yeah. I had to start practicing uh, putting in three inch heels. Yeah. <laughs> just slightly terrifying <laughs> well i wish the the podcast existed before then so you could have listened to the 110 part series exploring every pricing game here the pricing yeah seriously that would have been great but now I, I i did my homework uh sending videos to ethan of me putting in my heels <laughs> like i'm trying man <laughs> also i'm surprised you were able to devote a full episode to double prices yeah, like a, now that I know, it's like, yeah, that's... Uh, so, so no one came swinging at you with, like, a medieval mace going, who do you like more, Drew or Bob? Bob. Uh, Tom. Tom Kennedy. Yeah, no, that's a good one, yeah. actually. I'm sorry, the correct answer to me was Bill Colin. Bill Colin was the correct answer. You know, I like close, Bob. Close second, Doug Davidson. Actually, you know, he was pretty good. I, give, I just I, think the price was right, was just not that... <laughs> I, I, as a woman, am a big Bob fan. He was, he's one, one handsome man, yeah. to be honest. So, uh, I just don't like when Bob was hosting his later years because it always sounded like he was just in so much pain when he was hosting. Go on what? and spin the wheel. You're going to do a good job. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, look, man. I was there during that last season. Yeah, you were. So he was... I mean, he was 82. He was uh, he turned 83 while I was there. So the last half of season 35, he was 83 years old. He was tired. We were doing two shows on Monday, one on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and mm-hmm. we'd go three straight weeks like that and get a week off. So for an 82-year-old man that has to keep the rules of 76 games it's straight. Impressive. So here's the thing, and this is I'm slightly off topic, but I don't care. Um <laughs> It's game shows. You're on topic. So, it's, it's, I suppose it counts. Right. <laughs> it so, counts. So I, I, was, it. I was an intern at Price in 2006 during the first half of season 35. <clears throat> during most of the shows, my position would be to stand on the steps off to the side of the stage 
behind the producer's table, usually with a clipboard with contestant releases. That was my during show job was <laughs> grab the contestants off stage, sit them down, have them sign the papers. And then for the showdown, bring them back up on stage, make sure they're in order and then quickly get off. I would sit there and stand and watch the show from the side. Bob would do the, like he'd call for the item up for bids in the middle of Rich's description. Uh, one of the, uh, uh, I hate to call him a PA, but uh, Jeff Thisted had a, a stack of cue cards with all the game titles. All he had to do was show Bob what the next game was. Bob knew immediately where to go, when to collect the contestant, where to direct the prize, and wait for the game to come around, and he knew exactly what the game was. So 35 years of doing this show, granted he's 82 and he's got to keep all of this in his head. No wonder the man's exhausted. Yeah, I, I'm exhausted just listening to that, to yeah. be honest. I'm 30 and I don't have that brain power. Well, pick yeah. a pricing game. Let's see if I can figure this out as Barker would. Okay, I'm going to flash you a sign for more or less. All right, more where or less. Okay, so because we're doing more or less, oh, geez, mm -hmm. that's going to be a big one because that, that's going to be right in center stage. So therefore, we're going to be standing probably right outside the right at the turntable probably right yeah you're at the foot of the steps of home base and the then point to door down. three because that's where the car is yeah and then we unravel the a fabulous array of prizes yeah then and then you have to explain here's the price is not 725 is it more than this or less than this yeah if you're right you win the prize and you continue going and if you're wrong, you're dead in the water. But you get to keep any prizes you've won up to that point in the game. Correct. That's right. Hey, so, I did it. <laughs> see, there you go, man. All right. All right. Let me flash you five price tags. Five price that tags. Okay. Oh, geez. I forgot what door they do that now. Uh, probably. So because that is a car game, it's probably going to be door two at this point. It's going to be door two. And then, they, and then a model reveals the five price tags. Mm. Ooh. Or do they change it now for the grocery items? Well, now wait a minute. You're you're skipping a lot of steps. First of all, yes, it's door two. Which side? Oh, geez. Uh, I think it's the. I think it's from the right to the left. It's the door three side. The door three side. Yeah, the, that's the one to the right. Yeah. The right side. Door yeah. three to two. Yeah, the down the downstage side of door two. I, I call, call it. Car. I yeah. call it Daisy two because of the little Daisy yeah. two. There you go. That's fair. So you call you call for the, the door to open, reveal the car, get the description, then the price tags come out. Yes. And you walk downstage to the tags, and then the first item comes out. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. I already passed the test more than like half the people who auditioned for prices right when Parker retired. That's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, true fact. All right. Uh anyway, I guess we have to get back on topic here with funny you should ask. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, that's what we were doing. So first, let me explain the format here. So <clears throat> it is played with six comedians. Mm -hmm. They so you're the fun part is they don't get to pick this the the, contest, the contestants don't pick the the celebrities. Two it's two contestants. Yep. yep. And it they basically go down the line with each of the the comedians, and these are actually like heavy duty comedians. This isn't like. Here's so and so from the Chuckle Hut performing Thursdays, and here's a so and so like actor comedian who's just on a sitcom right now, like just started out. Yeah, it's there. It's not random stand-up comics. It's not random podcasters. Hey, hump, those hey, are, those are, that's the writing. Hey, staff. wait, hey now, hey now. 
No, you're not a random podcaster. <laughs> I'm a friend of the show. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. So those the the standard comedians and random podcast staff. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. These are actually like big heavy duty names. So Louis Anderson, Howie Mandel, mm-hmm. Bill Bellamy, mm-hmm. Tiffany Haddish, which I was shocked. Gabriel Iglesias. Mm-hmm. Jackie Harry was on an episode. She's on there a lot. She had a recurring role in the first family. He is in Byron's Rolodex. Yeah, she's she's there quite a bit. Yeah. So, so Mandel is having a, a great time right now. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Every time yeah. the Jack A shows up, it's we're all backstage going, if only Mandel were here. <laughs> uh, Howie Lair said... Uh, mm-hmm. And then he said there was like a chair. There's a rotation of the chairs of who they get as the so. So this season, seats one, three, and four are the tent pole. Yeah, seat one is always Lovitz, John Lovitz. Seat three is ninety nine percent of the time Louis Anderson. If a taping gets rescheduled and Louis can't make it, that chair usually gets replaced with either Billy Gardell or Howie Mandel. Yeah, seat four this season is always Byron. Byron. Um, I'm the executive producer and creator. Yes. Executive producer, creator, and C4. And and owner of the Weather Channel. And the guy who pays and pays out the money out of pocket. Yes. Yes. And seat six is is the seat where you go, how the hell did they get this person? In recent weeks, it's been um, Um, Maz Jabrani. Um, Bill Engvall. Bill Engvall. Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, Jamie Kennedy. Gabriel Iglesias is always in six. Uh, well, when he was there. Yeah, that was season um, one. Howie Mandel is occasionally in six, although he doesn't like to be that close to love it, so usually he's in three. That's fair. Um, but yeah, see, see you owe me money from your comedy club? <laughs> like, is that... What's that? Is it like, you owe me money from your comedy club? I performed at CityWalk? And... No, uh, Howie's a germaphobe. So oh, right. occasionally, if Lovitz will sneeze, he'll oh, try to right. cover... He does have really possible. bad allergies. So. Yeah, Lovitz, yeah, Lovitz gets really, really sinusy on stage occasionally. Or if he coughs. Yeah, there's a lot of dust in that. Well, any sound stage. No, that dust. one's really dusty. But um, if Lovitz sneezes, Howie just sort of braces up. So to uh, to sort of accommodate him better, especially if if Louie's not there, Howie will take seat three, and then seat six will usually be like Tom Arnold or yeah. Bill Engvall or Billy Gardell or something like that to take seat six. Yep. And then two and five are two and five are your cougar chairs. They're always they're always women. Well, unless um, unless you have uh, Raven Simone, yeah, which um, was amazing. Yeah, so seat the seat two is normally a rotating three. It's either Jack A. Harry, Sherry Shepard, or Cheryl Underwood. Yeah. Occasionally, you'll get a Raven Simone. You get Vivica A. Fox. And you get Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. Seat two is always the black cougar. Seat five is the white cougar. So you have Jody Miller, who's the head writer. Um, occasionally you get Caroline Ray. Mm-hmm. You'll get uh, Whitney Cummings, which we're all so confused by that. Yeah. Um, Natasha Leggero tends to hang out in seat five a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's your basic structure of the six chairs. Yep. And that, like now that we've realized the presentation celebrity. These are big names, so it's 
and that's like a good appeal. It's not like, and it's not really they're they're promoting anything. It's not like Hollywood Squares either. No, because this right. is something that gets often thrown out. It's it you hear in the fandom. It's a rip off of Hollywood Squares. It's a rip off of, and it's not. It's just bloopers. It's just constant, constant bloopers over and over again. Yeah. Blooper question, it's, blooper question, blooper question. I mean, I mean, yeah. it, it is and it's not. I, it's, I, I think when I usually try to explain it, I kind of akin it to if you take um, the panel arc of Match Game and you mix it with Hollywood Squares. Yeah. And it's not All-Star Blitz. With the gameplay of Hollywood Squares. Yeah. Don't confuse it with All-Star Blitz. Do not confuse it with Hollywood, no. uh, what was it, Hollywood Teasers, that pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is its own thing, and it's very fast paced. It's like, okay, question for you, Louie. All right, question for you, Jackie. Okay, question for you, Bill. Yeah. Bell. yeah. It just, it's and it's very, very question, fast. joke, answer, question, joke, answer, question, joke, answer. And you occasionally yeah. have the proof, but. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, if it's a, if it's a super interesting question, John Kelly has extra information on his card. Yeah. If it's something that's really interesting, he'll read the extra information. Nine times out of ten, he doesn't. But, that's not that interesting. But yeah, if it's but I super think... interesting, and it's like, no, people got to know this. He'll read. It, we call it the frill. Yeah. And it's it's what proves the answer, but it's also a little interesting fact about it. I think we've gotten maybe three, three or four so far. Yeah. Maybe four. So uh, it goes back and forth. Uh, contestant one, contestant two, back and forth. For all mm-hmm. six celebrities, so each person gets three in round one. If they're correct in their prediction of right or wrong, not agree or disagree, right or yeah. wrong, they yeah. get yeah. they get a whopping one hundred dollars. Correct. Yes. Then after all six have gone up, we go into round two where you guessed it, the dollar values are double. Two hundred dollars for every correct answer. And then we move on to round three where three hundred dollars. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Whoever has the most money goes on to the bonus round. Person in last place doesn't get anything. Yeah, pretty much. I did not know that until tonight. They they get crafty. uh, The uh, audience gets more. Yes. Than the person. They get a bag of flaming hot Cheetos. Uh, They get some bottled water from Kirkland. Yeah. 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 Well, no, we have we have uh, Arrowhead water coolers on stage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Fancy they water. Well, they could also say, "Hey, I got to see Caroline Ray for a bit. That's not bad." Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. got to. I got to hang it. I got to power. And the winner gets a chance to go to the super sweep by trying to find five thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That they that they think will pay for their trip to Africa. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the contestants <laughs> we we and you know you can watch the show and know this. They're always asked what they want to do with the money. And a lot of people are like, oh, I want to take my family to, to, or I want to take my mother on this African safari, or I want to take my brother to Germany or something like. And uh, I'll joke with a couple of the writers, like, wow, I hope they can get back. <laughs> or, or what? It, well, what's our joke? They can go to the um, safari park. Yeah, it's like, oh, I want to go on this African safari, and then if they, you know, if they only win the thousand bucks and don't get the five, it's like, well, they can go to San Diego Safari Park. Yeah, they can go to. Hey, if they get the five thousand, they can go to. Old Disney World and hang out there. Yeah, go to Disney World and go to the yeah. Animal Kingdom for like a day. So to win the five thousand dollars in the big exciting final round, they got mm-hmm. to answer three correct answers. 
The first one yeah. has three possible answers. Two are actual answers, and then the last one's a hilarious zinger answer. <clears throat> yeah. That's it, yeah. That's true. And then if they get it right, they go on to question two. With four answers, three are real, and one's another laugh-out-loud hilarious answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if they somehow get all two, it's the final question. And if you follow the logic, three answers, four answers. Six answers. Six answers. Five real, one hilarious blooper. But would you look at that? There's a formula. If they get that that <laughs> final question right, they get $5,000. If they get any of those wrong, the game ends and they only get their money that they won in the front game. That is yes. correct, yes. That's that's the format. Yep, yep that's there it. it is. Very simple, very uh, very fitting of a syndication market, and uh, it fills fills a lot of time slots. So, yep, it's um, it's it's, it's I people will dismiss it quickly off the 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 blooper to joke thing, and I will still say it. I think this show does deliver a lot of jokes that would not normally uh, fit in a Hollywood Squares. Like Hip Hop Squares is on. Nashville Squares is coming soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When when you watch that show, it's I will pick Joan Rivers. Oh, Joan Rivers from E. Hey, Joan. According to People Magazine, like like that's the that's how it goes, and you only get like maybe like nine questions, roughly ten questions, roughly per episode. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Whereas with our show, you're getting a minimum of eighteen and a maximum of twenty-two in case we have a tiebreaker. Yep. And it, it's double. And they they're, the big push for this show is it's 21 laughs an episode. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, like you said, you get 18 at least. Yeah. That's uh, a, it's a lot of giggling. A lot of chuckles, a lot of good... And, it, and then sometimes the jokes do feel repetitive, like Viagra. Or yep. women. Or my, my ex-husband. Ha, no, ha, it's, ha. no, it's no, it's my ex-husband. It's in. I mean, I understand why they're not doing political jokes. This is, a, this is a very apolitical game show. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's most comedy to this day is political focused. So they're not going to steer away from that. But it also feels um, like a time capsule with the jokes. It's a time capsule with the jokes, and it's a time capsule a lot with some of the names because yes. you have Lovitz and you have Louis Anderson. Which you know, big names. I'm not. I'm not gonna scrape hairs about that. That's true. But it's like, yeah, it it basically is a time capsule. You're right. Well, I mean, you, you do get some political. We we do have the occasional Holocaust joke. Yeah. To be fair. But a lot, a lot of a lot of Lovitz's ramblings after said joke. Oh, is, they're is, beautiful. Can attend the taping of Funny You Should Ask. It's worth it just to hear. You know, potentially Lovitz just absolutely go off the rails. I, I was I attended a taping where Lovitz went on a five minute rant after a Holocaust joke. And part of it was, God forbid we insult Nazis. And he went for like five minutes and no one stopped him. That was a no good five minute set then. That could have just yeah, been the show. I yeah. I I, I I was laughing so hard I couldn't breathe <laughs> in that moment since I'm sitting next to, I think I was sitting next to Legal. Yeah, you were. I was sitting next to Legal, <laughs> and I kind of just see Legal kind of sweating a little. 
Oh, I don't know. Like, I'm sitting behind production. Mm. I have legal next to me. I have the audience on the other side of me. Yeah. And I'm seeing this all happen in front of me. I'm going, oh, my God. This is the greatest thing I think I've ever seen in my life, which is why I love going to tapings. Yeah. This is my favorite show to ever go to a taping of. I mean, even though we we did do... uh, yeah. To do card, uh, sharks. card sharks. Oh, hang on. Do card sharks clap. Which was which was spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> which was spectacular. Card sharks was yes. great. But I mean, on card sharks, you're not going to hear Joel McHale go on a rant about Nazis after right. being asked um, <laughs> about Nazis drinking decaf coffee. Yeah. Literally, that was the question was about um, true or false Nazis drink decaf coffee. Yeah. And I don't even remember what the hell the joke was. And then he just went on, God forbid we <laughs> insult the Nazis. Yeah. Oh no, my career is over. And it was like, oh, going down. <laughs> oh goodness. As a Jew myself, I'm sitting there and it's like, again, Lovitz looks like my dad. So it's like watching my dad morphing with Lovitz and just seeing this all go down. And I'm like, oh, oh Lordy. Oh Scoots. Oh Scoots. Oh geez. <laughs> Like, <laughs> this sounds way better than Comics Unleashed, where it's, you know, it, it, Byron Allen yeah, is going, so John. <laughs> and and you get and if you are an actual audience member, paid mm-hmm. to see this. Yeah. So so let me get this straight. They're paid. The contestants aren't paid unless they win. Correct. Yes. So you can walk out of there with more money than whoever's the loser on the show. Absolutely. If, yeah. if you're an audience member and you're in there for 50 bucks. Yep. I mean, that sounds like a heck of a deal, actually. And and you get to possibly see John Lovitz go on four separate rants. I've seen mm-hmm. four in one day. Yeah. You get to watch um, Whitney Cummings uh, show mm-hmm. Bill Ingvall and Byron Allen how to use an app on their phone while Raven Simone is dancing in her chair with John Lovitz. Yeah. <laughs> dancing to... <laughs> Quote unquote, uh, happy. I, I don't playing. remember what was being yeah. played, but kind of just shimmying and like shaking their shoulders and like making faces at. Yeah, usually like, hanging out. Or something. Our warm up comic is Darren Capozzi. Who's um, amazing. He, he's really good. He's uh, He does sets at Flappers and Burbank occasionally. I love him. Um, he'll, he'll play like the same eight or nine songs, which yeah. is fine. Um, one of which. It's a funny side story, but he'll usually play during a stop down. He'll play a song called Suavemente. Yes. So, you know, it it's, actually, that's what was playing. It's got a, oh, it was. Yeah. That's what was playing. Cause they were salsa dancing in the chair. So it's got, you know, <laughs> it's got a good Latin beat to it. It gets the audience sort of moving in their chairs, gets them sort of pepped up. The song came on at our karaoke night two nights ago. Yeah, it did. And we just looked at each other and went, <laughs> how did we get to Byron's studio? And then I started salsa dancing <laughs> yeah. with, uh, one of my back. really good friends who's who's the barback who um dresses like Jesus on Halloween. So, yeah. Yeah. Our, our lives are weird. But yeah, uh, it always somehow happens. Yeah. But no, that's that's actually what was playing when Raven and, and John into, yeah. were uh jokingly salsa dancing in yeah. their in their seats together. And Bill was sitting next to her going, I don't understand what's happening. So because I'm it's just Bill Engvall. <laughs> no, it wasn't Bill Engvall. It was Billy. Oh, it was Billy. It was Billy sitting next to her just going, I don't know what's happening. So I'm just going to futz with my phone. Yeah. Or his watch. I don't remember. So, anyway, sorry. We're just. <laughs> like, like, like look, look, let's count here. Like, okay, so you had squares. You had All Star Blitz. Battle yeah. Stars had it. 
Break yeah, the Bank yeah. had it. Yeah. yeah, I think so. 70s Break the Bank, not 80s Break the Bank. Yeah, that's okay. Not uh, Rayburn Break the Bank, which went... <laughs> we didn't talk about things that didn't happen. It's... And and not the Match Game Hollywood Squares hour. Because they didn't want to do bloopers. That's... Yeah, uh... they didn't. Was... Uh... Not a lot. Yeah. I mean, they sort of existed. Yeah. Uh, no, Magic Hollywood Squares hours did exist. So yeah. you know, Blooper answers. Yours. Yeah. So now we got to get to the unfortunate part of the presentation. We are explaining the game. It's just streamlined bloopers. Yes, no. It's yeah. the presentation of it. Partially, it's your job with the graphics and the scorecard and the screen, which I enjoy because it's like it's harmless. It's mostly harmless. It's just like hundred dollars, zero dollars, thousand bucks, or true or false. Like yeah. But the set itself is a stained glass. Lot, it, it's uh, <laughs> it's well, it's not really stained glass. No, it's, it's very, backlit. it's very Mondrian. I'll give you very yeah. Mondrian. But all of the squares, a little backstage secret. Um, all of the the squares that you see on set are like white film. Yeah. Uh, that is sort of basically fastened up towards the back. I think like with gap tape or something like that. That are backlit with LEDs. Yep. So you, I, I could easily just grab some LED lights and replicate You can make this. the set at home. Yeah, you can absolutely make the set at home. Gotta get six chairs with six wooden tables, which I don't see because yeah. the, I guess the six tables are probably going to be like the piece of paper showing all three questions in their blooper. I'm assuming that's... that's yeah, they're, yes. they're little, you know, another little backstage secret. Um, all the tables have their first three rounds, because we don't really take a stop down between rounds one and two and two and three. So what they have are all three questions on their little table with their coffee cup full of water. And so if you watch the show and you really pay attention, if uh, they cut back to the contestant or the celebrity for their actual answer, you'll see them sort of look down to their right. That's them looking at their card. Um, It's either for their joke or to review the question. Now, on open-ended questions, the questions that aren't true or false, they're given a possible answer. Could be right, could be wrong. They're given an answer. We don't know if it's right or wrong. On the true or false questions, they are truly on their own. They do not know. Because it's a blind guess, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. They they <clears throat> they have their they have the question. And then if it's true or false question, they just have to make a stab at it. Well, that makes a lot of sense, actually. I've never noticed that until right now. All right. Uh, and the and the, other than that, the presentation is exactly what you think. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's Byron Allen's Entertainment Studios. Yep. Pretty much. And it's 20 minutes long. She points out it's a 20-minute show. People always say 30 minutes. This is a 20-minute. There's 10 minutes of... Yeah. Most 30-minute most time slot shows are now... Usually 20 minutes, 30 yeah. seconds, because nine and a half minutes is commercials. Yep. And uh, the only other thing is, originally first season, Happy was playing. That Pharrell song made famous in Despicable Correct. Me. Yep. yep. And now it's uh, some, some sort of similar karaoke version. Some generic knockoff thing it's still high energy it's still it's still, still high energy good. it's still fun yeah it still gets you going but you do not hear it in studio they actually do the intro with just john kramer's pre-recorded announce yep and that's it yeah you don't get the music and finally we got to talk about the host 
one. John Kelly. Oh, John Kelly. John I love Kelly. John Kelly. Mm-hmm. Can you explain who John Kelly is? John Kelly is, um, I believe he's a former uh, news and or sportscaster from the Midwest. I think so. Um, one of his first forays into game shows was The Mole. Which uh, is amazing. Famously premiered with Anderson Cooper, but uh, John Kelly got uh, second uh, second later season. Shout out to Anderson Cooper. It's fair. By the way. Um, John Kelly's <laughs> a, like a swell guy, really good host. This format fits him very well, I think. Yeah. Um, he's able to sort of banter back and forth with the celebrities as well as the contestants. Um, he and Lovitz have a <laughs> lot of back and forth because they're both John J O N. Yeah. So they. Um, Who is it? Oh, Sher- oh Sherry. Oh, Sherry Shepherd. So whenever Sherry Shepherd <laughs> is in C two. Oh Lord! You gotta buckle up for a long ride because <laughs> it's very long. Sherry ride. will spend about half of the time in her chair hitting, hitting on, John, on John Kelly, and then John Lovitz will make the joke of she's hitting on him. Yeah, because she doesn't say John Kelly; she, she just, just says, says John. John. So John Lovitz takes it so on himself. It's a you, you get a yeah. you get a full triple set there. Yeah. Of, but it's they're it's he's yeah. so fun. But John and John Kelly's just a, a, like a great guy. We. We sort of ran into him as we were leaving a taping, and because I, I somehow struck up a yeah a conversation with him. I think we were grabbing water, and he said, "Listen to her." And he and I just kind of yeah started talking. We actually talked about the throwdown as well. <laughs> yeah, we talked about the throwdown. We talked about the mole, mole and yeah. he's he's a really sweet guy. He, he's great. Um, he's one of the very few hosts that I've worked with on. God, I think I'm up to 15 shows at this You're point. You're almost at 16. Actually. Um, that. Well, at the end of a taping you day... just finished 16. That's true. i got to go back and count. Yeah, you just finished um, 16. At the end of a taping day, you know, we've already done five shows. Production has left. Um, I'm starting my graphics dump. <laughs> um, and he'll come around and thank everyone that's left on stage. Yeah. Um, he'll thank the camera guys that are left. Usually it's the jib operator that's left because I have to reproduce the graphics on a lock-off shot. Um, if there's any producers left, he'll give him a fist bump. Um, he'll always come back to my table and say, Hey, thank you for doing what you do. And, um, usually if something interesting happens during the show, if we have a weird stop down or a scoring error or yeah. something like that, um, or if he, this has happened a couple times, he has a cheat monitor off stage that has the contestants names, their scores and an asterisk over whoever's in control. Um, in season one, this happened a couple of times where he'd lose track of who was in control. So I would just go into my screen and just keep clicking the person that's in control, and it blinked that asterisk on his screen, and it actually corrected him. So he'd come back to my station, and i say, hey, did you did you see the asterisk blink? He's like, yes, thank you for doing that. I, I got off track. He's like, and I, I told him, I said, anything I can do to help. And even, now as simplistic as the format is with agree or disagree, Sometimes if you're not following it closely, yeah, you lose track of, do What's I give happening? them a score? Do I not give them the score? Thankfully, Tim uh, sits with me at the back table since he's researched, so he's my judge. So he's keeping score. But I take a lot of cues directly from John. So if they get it right, or he'll say, pay yeah. this man or something like that, then I'll score it. So it, it, we're like maybe 150 feet and through two walls on stage. Yeah. But he and I are the two that work the closest together, I think. 
Yeah, I think so too. Um, I remember, I actually think it was my first time going to a taping. I was sitting back there at the uni, actually thanked me for keeping you company. Yes. Which I thought was very sweet. I'm just like, he's... He's such a he's such a doll. He's That's a, a yeah. professional host. <laughs> like yeah, he's, he's very he's very sweet, super, very personable, super class act. Occasionally, he'll bring his whole family to set. So his wife, I think he's got five kids. Yeah, or something like that. Oh, okay. So like he'll leave with this just tribe of Kellys. You know, it's, if it's, his if his wife is listening right now, which she's probably not. Um, he <laughs> he did say she is always right. So I will go on yeah. record. Yeah, so talking so about that. Right. <laughs> pay the water, man. We were, getting, we were hey, pay the woman. We were getting water. I told him I was like, I was telling Travis, I was like, yeah, we got to get a lot of water. It's going to be a long drive. He goes, yep, she's always right, just like my wife. Yeah. So <laughs> if if she's listening, yeah, it's on record, and that's that's actually literally how we started talking. Yeah. It just went from there. I think we talked for about half an hour. Yeah, easily, easily yeah. half an hour at least. Just very. And very chill guy yeah this is why i enjoy the show there's like a lot of i never know some of his behind the scenes stuff but like all i know is just the agree or disagree speed round format all the celebrities and it's mm-hmm. just like a feel-good show i i do enjoy watching yeah. the show a lot and i'm glad yeah. all my friends are working on this fun show yeah. as well you know the, the audience is actually a lot of fun too yeah, the audience and can during be... warm up, they are they are they have dance competitions, dance offs. Yeah, interacting with each other, it's a lot of fun to watch them. They yeah. are they are quite and they can be quite a crew. Invariably, Darren will always put on cha cha slide at some point. <laughs> it's so good at some point during the day. It's and so funny. The studio seats, I'd say about three hundred people. About for, yeah, for something audience. like that. You'd see about one hundred and fifty of them to two hundred of them stand up and actually do cha cha slide. Yeah. So it's the, really fun. Just sitting where I sit because I can, I don't I can't directly see the stage, but I I look at the production table some an eye line of of uh, Bob Bowden. Yeah. And, and I can have, and Bob. I can see the and I <laughs> can see Bob. and I can see the full audience. So <laughs> just watching the audience do the cha cha slide it's during so during stop changeover is like this is amazing. Especially when you're sitting like. When I'm sitting behind production and I yeah. can look next to me and just go, oh my God, I don't think I've ever seen this many people outside of a bar mitzvah or a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> not just like yeah. in my life. And then what you, occasionally you'll have Louie yeah, dancing Louis, randomly. Louie will, if he's on and the right songs playing, Louie will start dancing will start on stage. dancing a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's, does he it's dance like he does in the Family Feud game? No, no, a little slower. <laughs> yeah, the the audience is really good if um, they need to do another take. Yeah, and the audience needs to have the same type of reaction. They have such great energy. They bring yeah. they bring a lot to the table. The energy yeah. in the room and in the studio mm-hmm. is kind of ridiculous, all things considered. Yeah, to to be quite honest, especially with um, the <laughs> there it is with the production team. Um, they're having a blast too, actually. Yeah. Even when there's a stop down, you can kind of just see everybody yeah. slightly dicking around and just having fun. Yeah. To be honest, even though you're just like, oh, no, somebody said a word wrong. No, we have to redo this. Yeah. Bob's Bob's really relaxed behind the table. Bob's um, chill. It's, it's the first show I've been able to work with him professionally on. Um, he doesn't wear a headset nope. because his headset is a direct line to me. And I'm in direct eye shot, so, so there's if, no there's, point. if there's something that's ha- or if I'm late on a cue, which you know it does happen, 
Um, he'll just look over and be like, you okay? And be like, I'm fine. And we'll just, we'll move on. Thankfully, or he'll text you. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, Bob and I have, have sort of developed a very good professional working friendship and relationship that it's kind of like, you good? Yeah, I'm fine. And we'll just yeah. we'll move on from there. So there's not a lot of, um, boy, we're talking about John Kelly. We started talking about production. Um, <laughs> Shocking. No, it's but, fine. Uh, this is the kind of stuff I, I'm always fascinated yeah. by. Oh, speaking of Bob Bowden, God mm-hmm. bless Bob Bowden. Bob yeah. Bowden's amazing. Yes. Yeah. I love that man. If, if anyone please ever on, gets... Please come on the show, Bob. <laughs> yeah, if anyone ever gets the invitation to go to his house and look at his garage... That's oh, insane. It is a museum. I, I, I actually finally got to... When the first time I was invited, I actually was too sick to go. Yeah. I remember that, and so I finally... We were doing some um, throwdown-related top-secret currently preparatory work. work. <laughs> preparatory work that's very, very important. Yeah. Um, he can't. They can't tell me. Like, I'm, I'm sworn by NDA. <laughs> you that's, are. Here's, actually, here's the thing. Um, Secrets will be released on May 19th. I said. May 19th. Okay, then this will be airing about June-ish, so you'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then shall fine. we? No, might as well. So, um, we will be. I am hosting the chase. Yeah. Um. Seven p.m. 7 on July, July twenty. Yes, live on Twitch, and yeah. So Bob is actually uh, helping me with writing and mm-hmm. getting ready for the chase and stacking, and he yeah. went through. You know, I think I need to say it. Um, uh, so <laughs> well, our our question bank for the chase had to be reasonably big. Because we're doing it, we're doing it British style, so we have four players. Whoa! Um, Are you going to do the thing that embarrasses me? Probably. Um, so we um, we we determined we're going to need a lot of questions because we need like you know twenty for each cash builder. We're doing four, so that's eighty questions. You guys can't see it, like, but I'm blushing right now. We're going to need twenty questions for each individual chase round, so that's eighty. We're now at one sixty, <laughs> and then we got to write two stacks for the final chase: one A, one B. And those have to be like at least 30 long. So we're already up to, you know, 116, 60, 220 questions. Kim just finished uh, massage therapy school. She's in her extern externship. Right um, yeah, I'm, I'm in my externship. So you're, she's doing her externship right now. She's uh, She will soon be officially licensed as a California massage therapist. Yeah. While she's doing this, she wrote. 242 questions what? she wrote the entire question in, bank that we're going to use for the chase in uh three days in about three to five days she <laughs> just cranked out 242 with questions. random information i knew from my head and i like quadruple right. sourced myself <laughs> so what we did because since bob that was, was a thing that we did since bob was executive producer of the gsn chase <laughs> and i told him that hey this is part of our lineup he's you know, jumped right into helping us. And yeah, he, he said, I wanna, he said, I want to look at your questions. So we, <laughs> we, we invited him to French <laughs> at, Jerry, at Jerry's in Encino. He proved all of them. Yeah. All 242 questions. Um, we yep. cut it down to 209. But we, we have backups just in case. We've sent them to uh, our friend Eric Pierce for grading uh, for difficulty. And once I get those back from Eric, then they will be officially stacked for show. So, yeah, remember how it was just, I'll be your assistant. Now I'm co-executive producer, head writer of The Chase, host of The Chase. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you don't know who Eric is, Eric is also working at Double Dare. And he was working on yes. Match Game. Like, he works all over the place. This is what's yeah, so Eric, weird Eric for me. Everywhere. And he, we love Eric. And he, 
uh, jump on another show right now. I think we'll be starting by the time this airs, so I'm going to keep that under my hat. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're they've got they got something in the works. But yeah, we yeah. Uh, so we went over to Bob's and we did Chase work. Yeah. And um, we're going to be meeting up again soon ish. Yeah, because Bob is going to train Kimberly firsthand on how to host the game. The same as a certain other amazing female host by the of name the of, by the name of Brooke Burns. By the yeah. name of Brooke Burns. Yeah. So, um, so doggy dog, come in soon. Twenty five hour game. Yeah, show. right. Seriously. So, um, so I actually got to go into his garage and see all this crazy stuff. And my favorite thing I saw was Bapa Bees. Yeah. Which was the most amazing thing yeah. I've ever seen in my life. The inflatable Mark Labette bop bag. Yeah, where you can punch it and it comes back up. It's, it's like those Bozo the Clown ones that you can just like punch repeatedly. Yeah. But it's Mark. It's the, it's the funniest the beast. thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's you can literally beat the beast. It's, <laughs> it's, it's possibly my favorites other than that poster that he had that's now the yeah. background of my cell phone. That's true. Uh, there's two two are my favorites i'm sorry bob we're talking about your collection on the show we love you bob so uh, dear was the super bowl he had the super bowl yeah yeah he uh i believe uh that is still in his possession i went over there god the first time i went over there was about three three four years ago um it was myself and adam and tim uh, and John Ricci and Mandel and his husband, uh, Bob was going to clean and he needed guys to yeah. start moving stuff. So we hauled out like, we, we went in and I just, I looked at Super Bowl and I just <laughs> stood there and I was just like, oh my God, this is Super Bowl. And then all of a sudden, I got a really bad stomach cramp, and I was just doubled over in pain. <laughs> so I had to – I sat down for a minute. I drank a bottle of water. He's like, are you okay? And I said, I'm sorry. I have to go. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm cramping real bad. I just got to go. And I, I told Adam and Tim, I was like, listen, I know I drove you here. Find your own way home. I have to leave. And I think John ended up bringing him home. But – come to find out later in that day they actually got to play and i got to miss out on super bowl because i had a bad stomach cramp and needed to go back to bed but <laughs> it was just to stand next to that damn thing as it's tall crazy. as it is and it literally took all of us to move it out of his carport and into his backyard to clean it and then clean the space in the carport where it sat and then move it back in. I feel I feel so like I'm only five foot five, so yeah. I, I always feel small. Yeah. Because again, my fiance Carrie's taller than me. Yeah. Travis is taller than me. Namely, everybody's taller than me. I think Scott and I Scott's even taller than me, actually. Barely, yeah. Not not yeah. by much. I love you, Scott. <laughs> I, I love you so much, Scott, but Scott's barely taller than me. Mm. But I feel so small. Mm. I feel like I'm ten years old. Yeah. Like the size of a ten year old walking in there. There is mm so much and it's so big and mm. i just i am so tiny yeah and i think actually the pin collection he has a rocky and bullwinkle pin yes I didn't see it. on the cork board and my parents um were huge rocky and bullwinkle fans my my mom's nickname is actually rocky she will not answer to her real name which is denise mm. and uh because of my dad and my dad's nickname is bullwinkle and i'm the fractured fairy tales fairy for obvious reasons <clears throat> but yeah he had this little rocky and bullwinkle pen I didn't see that. I did. Hmm. I saw it. it. Made me happy. And I'm actually wearing a Bullwinkle um, 
and during the chase in honor of my dad. Nice. I will be there. My parents will actually be there watching me host the yeah. chase. No pressure. I think the one thing that actually made you look small in that room is his J. Oh, that's yeah, exactly. that's that's my, look- my second favorite thing is he has the Jeopardy yeah. J from the set. Yes. I yeah. look so small standing and, next to that. And thing. it lights up. Yeah, and it he's, lights up. He lit it up for me. Yeah. Red, blue, everything. It's so yeah. cool. It, it, it's so cool. It, it, fluctu- it fluctuates. Blue, white, red, white, blue, white, red. Yeah. Like I, I, so if you're a mainstream person who isn't familiar with Bob Bowden, he's one of the VPs of Game Show Network, basically who everyone should inspire or aspire to be like because he loves game shows. And he has this garage that is pretty much like a warehouse of any kind of game show memorabilia you can think of. Not just like in American game shows, but like British game shows, Everything. Australian yeah. game shows. You would expect to see this room on Hoarders. Yeah. Like there is the That's family feud podiums. There's yeah. a match game podium. There is question cards. Pick any game show question card. He has it. Yep. There's there's so much chase stuff that I've... I was in like heaven and then Travis brought home what was it after the apartment? He brought home two chase posters for me. Yeah. And a chase t shirt. Yeah. That I wear at least four times a week. Yeah, we wanted a bar trivia one night, so it's kind of like, eh, it's a large, it doesn't fit me. Here it fits has. me perfectly, yeah. and I wear it like all the time. I'm so obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> and he was the executive producer for the chase for the American yeah. version. Yes. For all four seasons. For all four yeah. seasons, and which we have. <laughs> yeah. Which everyone loves. I think, because I yes. it's this high stakes game, originally going to be for Fox, and then Game Show Network picked it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's going to be a huge deep dive. Hey, Bob, uh, give me an email. Send me an email. Let me know. Do you want to do the chase or grease? <laughs> Just to be on the same side. <laughs> Which one I do mean, you want to do? I, I want to, I I want to have something Bob for the hundred. He would should, be my one hundred episode guest because I. I you should go, you should go he off the rails. The bundle of joy. <laughs> Travis thinks that you should go off the rails and do win tuition, <laughs> which I actually just recently watched for the first time the that's, other day. Yeah, that's true. Yesterday, actually. with uh, Mike, I, I forgot who who was the guy who played uh, the, the the bald dude, the Mike. Oh, the, gorgeous George! I have yeah, no I idea. I don't remember, but um, it was actually really funny. They were doing um, anatomy, and they had to place stickers on yeah on, on his, George on, yeah. on George and. So, how did they do? Because I just finished massage school, so that was kind of funny. You're know, like, well, they got them all right, except Gluteus Maximus is a little too high, and it's like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> I was like, eh, it's close enough. Well, I didn't want to... And this was supposed to be... My... <laughs> Wintuition was a game show on Jamie Ascendo. It was by Mark Summers. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, it was a fun... It's a fun show. We it's can just go through every game show if you want. We have time. The only last question we have for, for Funny yeah. Should Ask, which I hate to ask, because this is the one that is most damaging. This is the most damaging I could, question I can ask. I mean, I, I might be able to answer it instead of him answering Damaging. If damaging, you, you should the show, should anything be improved? Usually we say, should the show be revived? If so, how? But the show's already on the air. Is there anything um, that needs to be fixed or replaced with the show itself? The theme song. <laughs> <laughs> if... Okay, if I'm sitting in the producer's chair, I would change round three. Yeah. And I would change round three, like, I would, well, I'd change the scoring, scoring structure, but meh, just, just to try to <laughs> avoid a tie. Yeah, but fair. round three, I would change like this. The way it works now is round one, the first player is determined by coin flip. Round two starts with the other player. 
yeah. and then round three starts with whoever's behind, or if it's a tie, it starts with the winner of the coin flip. The way I would change round three starts the same way, whoever's behind or winner of the coin flip in a tie. But I would leave the contest, the celebrity's selection to the contestant. Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of games that have been determined literally on the coin flip. Yeah. Whoever wins the coin flip might win the game because of just question stack. Um, if I had my druthers, if I was sitting in the producer's chair, I would make round three open. And it would just be like, you're in control. Who do you want to pick? And we would go to that until all six had been exhausted or until time runs out. Yeah. And then high score wins. So instead of being, you know, formulaic for three rounds, change round three ever so slightly. Yeah. And put the control in the player's hands. And that, that might help. Yeah, I think it would help a lot. I'm always confused if, if, it, it's, uh, if it's top shelf, bottom shelf in terms of the... Because it's, it's odds it's odds and evens pretty much when it comes to the celebrity choice when they go with like Caroline Ray, John basically, Lovett. Like yeah. It's, oh, it's yeah. usually odds and evens. Yeah, which, which basically that's that's why round one and two work. So the, the celebrities that the player didn't play with in round one, they play with in round two. Yeah. So that way after two rounds, each contestant has played once with each celebrity. So that's telling me that they're doing top shelf, bottom shelf then. Um, Why not do top shelf, bottom know. shelf then? Just like one, mm -hmm. like seat one is the top one, then on like column one, top one, and then column two, row two is, is another contestant. So then you switch up and make it easier to everyone can understand that it's not just even odds, it's the the rows that way. Because I think that's yeah, the only that's... thing is it's even though it's fast paced and I think this is just uh, a strain. Why don't you just do it so it's like they get their choice of the top row or the bottom row? That could, that could actually that could work better. Work. Yeah. So you can get you can get John Lovitz, uh, Raven Simone, and and Howie Mandel or Billy Gardell or Louis Anderson, or you can get the top <laughs> shelf with Bill Bellamy and and yeah and Whitney Cummings and Byron Allen. So Byron yeah. Allen, you say. Yeah. So, well, what about that, Byron Allen? Yeah, By Byron Allen. You say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my only change, because I like that idea. I like the idea of mm -hmm. just like make them con choose their people because it chooses their own fate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, the only change I would have is just in that bonus round. Just yeah. give a, either like make it four, five, six, and three, four, five, or and like add a five hundred dollar bonus per correct answer. That's it. Because it's a big oh. bonus, so you should at least have some sort yeah. of monetary... It shouldn't be an all-or-nothing circumstance. Yeah, I would probably change the bonus scoring in terms of if you win, you get an augmented 5000 instead of adding 5000 to it. Yes. Because $6,200 is such a clunky number. It's not, it's not game show clean. Yeah. Yeah, game show clean is a multiple of five. 5000, 10000, 25, whatever. 6200 is clunky. I mean, great. They got $6,200. I'm sure they can do stuff with it, but it's just, it hits my ear wrong. Yeah. No, I agree. Or what they could do is a mix of the two, where there's six celebrities and they choose which one to play with, and it's a classic true-false question, but they're a much harder difficulty. And that has actually been talked about. From talking to Tim... 
the question difficulty has been discussed. Just just to make it somewhat, because I know the idea is supposed to be they don't want to pay out the 5000 because this is Pirate Allen's paycheck that he's actually, this is like when Ben Stein's money, but actually with his money. Yeah, seriously. Win Byron's money. <laughs> Byron Allen's oh, money. Funny, you should ask. Uh, they, I found them a new tagline. I do think it needs to be clean, or at least offer some sort of bonus, because if it, like on super, because I I hate to go back to supermarket sweep because th- they're two totally different game shows. But yeah. when the final round, when they go into that final sweep, mm-hmm. for every bonus item, they get two hundred dollars. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So why not just like a little something, even if it's like $300 or $200, just something. Yeah. Something, you know, more than what the audience. Yeah. Just to give it some sort of like, or just have it be like a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, and then you have the option to quit or continue. There's something that gives it not just this, this additional bonus round that just doesn't feel necessary. That actually come to think of it. And that's, probably one reason why they don't do it if you and this is what we've experienced doing our own original shows every time you give the contestant a decision you slow your game down so if you give them a lot of decisions especially in round three which is why round three plays like it does you slow the game down by about a minute per turn yeah because they're going to take that amount of time to choose a celebrity then that means whoever's you know running the graphics has to call up that specific question. John has to look for that specific question in his, uh, in, his, in, his in his stack of cards. So every decision a player makes slows the show down by about a minute. If you keep the show as it is, you still have that 21 laps per minute that, yeah. that they advertise that they push. And it's true. You get 21 laps a minute. And these are good jokes. Very funny people yeah. running the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's like... And it's it's like he tells it's like Byron tells the audience every morning in his warm up routine. Oh, it's my favorite. They are three hundred geniuses, geniuses in our studio audience because they found a way to go on the internet, come to a comedy show, get tickets to a comedy show, laugh, laugh and, and get, get paid, paid cash. Yep. And that's really what it is because these are people that would sell out auditoriums and arenas. Yeah. At you know two three hundred dollars a ticket, and you're They're getting paid to see him. Yeah. So, so what you're telling me is I to see, to see I don't have the clout for being a guest on Funny You Should Ask. <laughs> sadly, oh. no. <laughs> I mean, I wish, but yeah. sadly, it is it is too nay. Oh well, <laughs> I, need, I need a better agent. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I need an agent. I think we all need yeah. agents. Can I get representation? Yeah. I want to host the Crystal Maze revival. I heard they're coming to the United States. Yeah, right. Just give me the Crystal Maze. I, yeah. I wrote forty pages yes, on it in college. Please, just yes. You give hit, me yes. You hit another one of her favorites. Yes. God, uh, Richard O'Brien, Ed Tudor Pole. Which one? What's the other one? We've only. I think you've only watched Richard O'Brien. I've not shown no, you Iowati the. Yet. The other show. Oh, Fort Boyard? Yes. The French. Oh, with the kitties. Yeah. No, we watched the British one. We watched the British one. Oh, with the the guy who's trying to pretend he's Mr. Boyard going. Yes. Oh, it's amazing. Because she had to see tigers. They had to see tigers. Well, now there's a one for Disney XD called Fort Boyard Challenge for for kids and teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Done in the same building. 
but yeah. but no tigers. There are tigers, but they don't like they escape after they leave the. the golden yeah, see that. Where's the fun in that? If if you're not threatening children's lives, I'm not in. <laughs> That's what you want. What threats? <laughs> So you're I mean, gonna watch like, it next. I mean, we did have Legends of the Hidden Temple where no grew on a freaking monkey head. Oh, the spirits of the temple thrown the monkey <laughs> statue back up. What? You really like my friend. <laughs> you, you really want people in harm and in, in simulated death. <laughs> you know what? Coming from an executive producer standpoint, it makes good TV. My fruit. <laughs> don't show her. Don't show her flinch. <laughs> Jeez. What was it that we were There's watching? A show on Netflix called Flinch. <laughs> what was it that we were watching? What was that show where they're in that like tunnel gimmick and they have to like deal with all the elements? The chamber. The chamber. Oh no. Oh, the chamber. My fiance could Carrie could not sit through that. He had to leave, and I was like, I need more of this. They canceled that show for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also watched Chris Jericho's. Downfall. downfall yeah, yeah downfall because i'm a wrestling so i said chris jericho and things crashing to the ground yes please and people's personal possessions it's like trashed or, or Man, their parents they, they, knew, they knew what they signed up for that's true like you you signed a release form you knew <laughs> I, I, I just i don't i don't like anything that involves gamble in terms of it's supposed to be aspirational don't do that <laughs> I'm, I'm here i'm here for a little everything in between <laughs> to be fair i'm my my game show tastes are very broad yeah <laughs> it's fine uh <laughs> I, I mean you you know i'm i'm one of those rare yeah it's a... my favorite game show involves people walking off stage pissed off and calling a divorce attorney <laughs> Oh, then you should definitely see Wild Things. I think you would really enjoy that show. <laughs> uh, Travis, we can't go find Wild Things. <laughs> we, we can't. We can't get through an episode of Temptation. Think. Well, now wait a minute. Yeah, that was. Oh no. That was. That's not cool. <laughs> All right. Didn't he, what was it? Seventy something. Well, it's it's uh, well, Wild Things is a much yeah, funnier. Yeah, Crusader was seventy eight. That's 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 a different era, right yeah. there, folks. Like, yeah. Temptation Island is just mean. I don't like mean. I don't like I. I, I say Wild Things because it's funny because it's like basically couples and partners doing like physical challenges, but one can't yeah, like see. That's, that's fun stuff. And yeah. then you can like, see someone yeah, yell at each other, yeah. and one's in like a bunny outfit, so it's really hilarious. Yeah, see, that's fun stuff, yeah. and then Crusader Island, cra- like. It's it's who knows you better, but it just doesn't end well. Like like which whoops how somehow my secretary knows me better his secretary and then his wife and you're like, What is that here? Because he's super ugly, so there must be something else happening. Yeah. Um, the Temptation Island is horrible. How dare you sign up for this? Like what you just want a divorce. You just want to weigh out near it is. Oh boy. Oh, God, it's awful. <laughs> There there is one last thing we do here on the show, and that's a lightning round. Okay. All right. So so there are five questions and 60 seconds to answer all five questions. For everyone that you get right, you get one free plug. Most game shows only give you two, especially this podcast, but this one can give you five. Five plugs. I'm not good at this. Let's do this. I got got this. You got this. The thing is, normally this is a solo game, but because this is one of the rare pair episodes, you can both give answers. 
Oh, that gives you double the chance to get a correct answer here. This is the this is more easy than you can ever figure this out. All right, maybe who knows? I'm really unless you ask me how many islands Fiji has, then I then I'm good. Oh, you're right. I mean, if you see the icon for the show, it's me holding question cards. These are the very question cards. The five questions in the lightning round. You want to play it? Yes. Yeah. Sure. sure. All right. Let's put sixty seconds on the clock. Bing. Sorry, my, really? My, my really? Finger, my finger twitched like I was it doing did. a clock. His... I need, I need you all to know that. <laughs> we that have was... our own sound effects library too. <laughs> that was, that was muscle memory like I've never seen. <laughs> all right, <laughs> six seconds on the clock. Give me another word for happy. Joyous. Glad. What is your favorite prices right pricing game? Lucky seven. Hole in one. Your favorite attraction at Universal Studios Hollywood. The Simpsons ride. Um, I don't have one. <laughs> so pass. Who is your? Who's currently your favorite wrestling tag team? The Young, Young Bucks. Bucks. <laughs> All right. Final question. Who is the mole? Carries the mole. Yeah, carries the mole. Yeah. Yeah. My oh, fiance. Did he got all five? <laughs> <laughs> We, we wouldn't have oh, also if it accepted... If Disneyland instead of Universal, I'd be like, N. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Lots of stories about Hollywood. Universal Studios Hollywood, I can assume. <laughs> See, yeah, I didn't... The two of them worked at, at Universal's. I, I never know. Yeah, there was actually a day I was working at Universal uh, after Transformers opened that the security camera system inside the ride went down. So they called up to Guest Relations, my office, and they said, can you send someone down to help out? Well, sure, I went down, no worries. Uh, my job for that day was to ride in the car with, and just stay in the car until the security camera came up. I rode that ride 12 consecutive trips. And oh. my fiance worked on Transformers. Yeah. So well done, and Freedom Fighter. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, I haven't been to Universal since I was 14 and a camp counselor. That's fair, so, yeah. I'm at Disneyland all the time, though, so the Tiki Room. Yeah, I, I would say either Small World or Big Thunder Mountain. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. Small World's a good one, yeah. actually. Splash Mountain. I'm a Splash Mountain person. Splash Mountain's fun. I just don't like the animatronics. They creep me out. I don't like the drop. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do the drop. That's why you won't get me on Jurassic Park. Screw those freaky dinosaurs screaming yeah, at me. I like it, but I'm so worried about Jurassic World. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, I don't like I don't like things screaming at me. Oh, like, that's yeah. That's why I don't. Do, that's why I don't do Halloween Horror Nights. I don't like jump scares. I'm the. I'm a puncher. Yeah. I'm one of those puncher with the scare actors. I'm. Oh yeah, no. Carrie used to work at Horror Nights, and I seen it happen. I pivot and I punch. Yeah. And I'm short, so I will either get you in the solar plexus or the chest. The funniest thing is, Travis. You may not know this. I once mm -hmm. had an annual pass there, and I once said hi to you. And I think this was like right near the end of the closing day. So I said, hey, Travis. And you just went, yeah. <laughs> that was oh, it. God. Yeah. <laughs> Probably didn't even. Yeah. <laughs> God, they, they talk about their awful experiences at Universal all the time. And now Travis actually has a Disneyland annual pass. Oh, man, I'm so jealous. I have not been I'm, since 10 years. I have not been since I've I graduated worked, high school. I've worked my magic. He's now part of the mouse cult. I'm a turncoat. I win. Well, no, you have to first get to Club 33. I think that's when you're fully... No, Club... No, that's that's a lot of money, and that's a year wait period. Also, is it, yeah. is it, a, is it a park hopper? Um, well, annual passes are Annual park passes. Hoppers. Club 33. <laughs> I've actually been to Club 33 twice mm. in, in my life. Stuck. 
I know. I'm one of I'm I'm that person. I yeah. went for my 16th birthday. Oh. Yeah. I'd like to go for my 33rd birthday, but ain't nobody got money for that. That's fair. I ain't got that kind of money. I don't got I don't got that kind of mouse money. You don't got Club 33 money. No. Yeah. You got Haunted Mansion money. I do have Haunted Mansion money. Yeah. I have I have Carthay Circle money. Do yeah, you have get all the the Galaxy Stone churros at Parks After Dark uh, Marvel Night money? <laughs> um, I I do, but that's money better spent on my wedding that's happening next year that's fair to be fair <laughs> all right uh you have five plugs what are your five plugs i can only assume one of them well let's see the let's 20 see. 2019 25 hour game show through now will take place uh, july 28th we uh july 27th through july 28th thank you we will have a special preview night on july 26th um, curr- yes, we will. currently scheduled is a live uh, WLTI uh, for our, uh, from our friends Gordon Pepper, Dino Alexander, and Jason Block, which we're very excited about. Yeah, um, shout out to them. Maybe other special events there. Quite um, possibly, we have something in the uh, there are other game show podcasts. <laughs> um, I know, what? right? What? How dare they? Um, season two of Common Knowledge in America says begin taping. Uh, America says begins taping in two weeks. Common knowledge comes back in two and a half weeks. Ah, Joey Fatone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. Other plugs. Other um, plugs. Three more. I got three more. Uh, Caroline and Friends. Uh, yeah. Uh, season two of Caroline and Friends will be coming shortly to GSN, hopefully. And so that's three. Ellen's Game of Games. Uh, Ellen's Game of Games is returning for season three. They start taping in June. That's four. And... Um, I mean, 25 words or less uh, begins taping in August. Yeah, there you go. So I mean, check your local audience sites. All of those shows. We could have, I could have explained, like, what's Ellen like? What is... <laughs> oh. That's an episode for another time. Yes. What's yes, 25 words or less, you know, because I've seen it already on Fox 11. Here. Yeah. Uh, Such a good so show. Fun. I love word currencies. Yes. Uh, so lots of good game shows coming up. Caroline and Friends, a little silly GSN show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and of course, America Says Common Knowledge. We've already talked about two of those shows on the show before. We haven't deep dived them yet. Yeah. But, uh, honestly, wonderful shows. <laughs> like, I just, I'm unfortunately unable to be a contestant because, well. I can't be a contestant on literally anything. Talent <laughs> shows, and I'm a singer. Like, I, yeah. I can't do the idol i can't do anything yeah so <laughs> can you try to is can we bring back don't forget the lyrics can that be possible no 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 and no i mean because yeah. cbs electronics ran that sh- keep hearing horror stories so no So i'm guessing we don't touch it <laughs> don't touch it <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like a threat to me like i, also, have a also, yeah, I guess i mean that that sounded very threatening <laughs> also, shout out to uh, Barry Kramer. Yes. Uh, Kingdom Hearts summary video because we've been quoting it. Yeah, we quote it with our, our entire scoots, existence. With our O scoots and don't touch it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very normal if, thing if in this house. If you're a Kingdom Hearts fan and you have 33 minutes to kill, definitely watch the first one. And if you got another 20 minutes to kill, watch the summary of Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts 3. So, or if you have ever needed to know anything about Kingdom Hearts, go watch them. Oh, scoots. That's good. <laughs> All right. We're okay. weird. Do not mind us. <laughs> yeah, I got a sixth plug in. Ah, you dig it. We get dig a sixth plug in. Kimberly, you, you, you just plug. plug your Twitter. 
I oh. didn't plug my Twitter, can I? Twitter. Yeah, of course. Um, if you guys would like to see live tweet reactions to deep cut game shows, um, go ahead and head over to Kim Down the Rabbit Hole on Twitter and Instagram. Is K I M D W N T H E R B T H O L, or you can just look up hashtag game show rabbit hole. Um, that is where. I drunkenly watch game shows that I've never, ever seen before in my existence. And I critique them, including Very Deep Cut, the game show Spell a Word. Yep. I have seen both episodes. Yes, there are only two, three times. I am that brave. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, there's a few Spelling Bee game shows. Million, uh, there's a thousand dollar bee. Yeah, those are are, are good shows. Those are good. If you have... How about Spell Spellmageddon? Um, I have not watched. We've not that yet. seen that yet. But with Alfonso Roberto? <laughs> no. No. If you've if you've never seen Bella Word, um, you are you are missing out. I think wasn't it Stodd that uh, found yeah. it? Stodd yeah, found Stodd, it. Yeah. Stodd found it, and uh, boy was that a find. So yeah. so if, yeah. If you have the opportunity to spell a word or to watch to spell, watch spell a word, word, go watch Spell so a that's Word. Her, um, that's your eighth plug. Spell a word. <laughs> I, I, that, I, you know, I think that's the only time spell words ever been plugged ever anywhere. <laughs> that's fair. But yeah, um, yeah, just find hashtag game show rabbit hole, and we normally do it on Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. And we will actually, we didn't do this last time. We will start uh, posting the link to the YouTube video that we will be watching, so you can follow yes. along with us. Yeah, because we would just post what we're watching a men live. Yeah, reaction. <laughs> So, there's also a lot of wrestling on my Twitter. If you're a wrestling fan, if you like wrestling, let me guess, you're going oh. double or nothing. We are going to double or nothing. Yep, uh, we, we are. We're going to go to double or nothing. We're going to um, wave hello and goodbye to the old site of Tikona. Yeah, the Tropicana and the Hotel. Tropicana Hotel and last year's uh, 25 hour game show. Yeah, and uh, we're going to play uh, pinball. Yeah, we will, we'll be attending the Pinball Hall of Fame at some point uh, during that weekend. Yeah. Because we always do. Because we always do. And um, we will be at uh, Double or Nothing. Yep. So I think I'm just rubbing in my face now all this good stuff. Well, um, yeah, and if, if any of, you know, if well, anything, we'll, we'll take pictures for you. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you. Kimberly, Travis, thank you again of for course. stopping by. <laughs> sure thing. Anytime we are around. Thanks again to Travis and Dana, and you can check out the 25-hour game show throwdown and further information about what they do at homegameentertainment.com slash throwdown. And I had just a blast talking to them. Uh, it was right before Double or Nothing when that episode, when we started recording. So it was a lot of wrestling talk afterwards. Just a bunch of great people over there. Love Kimberly. Love Travis. And there is a, a fun reference. Apparently... People behind the scenes and in the community like to call the show Hollywood Shares. And you know what? That's actually kind of a fitting thing to call the show it, it, because of the, the way the show is laid out, the the framing of the questions, the bloopers. It, yeah, Hollywood Shares makes sense. Uh, it is somewhat the same as that show, but I kind of dig it. And the fact, it's on the air. And sometimes whenever I'm like eating some macaroni and cheese, I just like to cook cuddle up on the couch and watch some funny you should ask and 
surprisingly enough, it's on the air. Uh, also, I just want to say that uh, they both worked on Common Knowledge Season 2 uh, since the recording. Uh, Common Knowledge is that show on Game Show Network with Joey Fatone, which is one of my favorite uh, quiz shows to exist. I, I've talked about it in an earlier episode, and I'm glad they're doing a Season 2, and it seems like a lot of fun, so congratulations to Travis and, and Kimberly. Uh, and finally, uh, the some of the twists that I just found out since then about the 25-hour game show uh, Throwdown is that they're doing the chase uh, for the Throwdown, and their secret special guest uh, chaser, their chaser that they're going to bring on is Brad Rudder. Brad Rudder is one of the biggest experts on Jeopardy. He has gone undefeated in the game of Jeopardy. You might have seen him as the guy against Ken Jennings and the robot in that IBM challenge. So yes, I can't wait to see the 25-hour game show throwdown. I can't wait to see uh, the way they handle the chase. I can't wait to see the throwdown. And I can't wait to uh, see some common knowledge season two. And also... I, I want to go to Disneyland with them. They seem like a lot of fun. They seem like to go to Disneyland. I, I want to go to Disneyland now. Now Galaxy's Edge is open. Damn it. <sighs> well, it's now time for the 110-part series exploring every pricing game on The Price is Right. This is the Pricing Game Spotlight. <laughs> I'll stop doing that. I just like saying squeeze plow. Okay, squeeze play. Uh, premiere date September 13th, 1977. Number 2472D. Uh, finale for Barker, June 11th, 2007. 4031K. Premiere date for Drew Carey, October 18th, 2007. 4044K. Year of War, January 2nd, 2008. Squeeze Play is a pricing game played for a four digit prize, sometimes a five digit prize. Here's how the game works a contestant is faced with a set of five numbers, one of which doesn't belong in the actual retail price of the prize and must be removed from the group. The contestant cannot remove the first or the last numbers, for they are the correct numbers and in the correct positions. Once a number has been taken out, the remaining numbers schools together. If it's the correct price, the contestant wins. Occasionally, cars in our prices worth more than $10,000 would be played for. When that happens, there would be six digits instead of five to look at, giving the contestant a choice of the middle four instead of three. Squeeze Place has always been played on the turntable since May 27, 1982. Prior to that date, it was played on the stage and concealed by the giant price tag. On March 1st, 2001, happy birthday me, uh, 1724K, the board's color scheme changed from blue to gray. The white lines changed from gold, and the black outline was added to the Squeeze Play logo. On the 44th season premiere, September 21st, 2015, the game was played on stage again behind the giant price tag and was repainted to its original color scheme. Although it kept its logo from 2001, the best of 2015 schedule from December 35th, 2015, it was played near contestants row. The sound effect for the numbers squeezing together is the same one heard when the safe is opened and closed on safe crackers. That <laughs> noise.
Squeeze play has been fraught with mechanical problems throughout its history. Numbers have been stuck and misaligned. The squeeze has failed to operate promptly, and the door that opens the reveal has malfunctioned several times, usually resulting in then-host Bob Barker kicking it. One memorable playing on February 27, 1980 had Bob having trouble taking out two, and once he yanked it out, the remaining numbers were shifted before they could squeeze together. And once done, the nine was tilted, and Bob tried to hit the nine and kick the numbers. And then on January 16, 1995, had the reveal stuck when Bob pushed the button to reveal the price, he kicked the door and then pushed the button again, which only caused the door to fall open to reveal the price, but also the price to fall to the floor, much to the audience laughter. The incident was among the many featured in the 50-year special in 2007. On May 10th, 1989, the remaining four numbers have failed to squeeze together, and Bob had to squeeze it manually by hand. The reveal also failed to open, but instead of kicking it, he also opened the door manually by hand. On one occasion, Bob called Roger Dobkowitz to help pull out one of the numbers. Squeeze play was occasionally played for four-digit cars until April 7th, 1995, 9535D. Squeeze play offered a five-digit price for the first time on The Price is Right on February 3rd, 2003, 2423K, Air Divorce, March 14th, 2003. On April Fool's Day, 2011, as an April Fool's joke, the four numbers failed to squeeze together again, causing host Drew Carey to squeeze them by hand. On April 7th, 2015, Air Dive Order, March 3rd, Drew forgot to press the button on the left. The stagehand in the back got tickled. He took out some numbers after they were squeezed together. March 25th, 2016 was the first college rival special. Oh, boy. Um, 17,520 Honda Axe was won to Michelle from Duke, while Sean from North Carolina was denied. <sighs> that was not good. On Mother's Day, 2017, March, May 12th, 2017, a note stagehand hopped out from the prop before the numbers were squeezed together to wave hello to everyone on the hand. It said, hi, mom, on it. The most number of times this game was played in any season was 57. Squeeze play is one of the three pricing games that references baseball. The other two are three strikes and triple play. I like, I like squeeze play because it is a simple ABC game. It is a simple way of deduction where it's basically what is the hundreds and tens place of the thing. And when it's the four digits, what's the thousands, hundreds, tens place of the thing? Uh, so so it, it's a bit of a puzzle, and I do enjoy that. So, like, it's it's fun going, is it, the, if I take out the zero, uh, does that mean it's 16,000, is it 7,690? Uh, or do I get rid of the six and it's 7,900? Or do I get rid of the nine, it's 7,600? Things like that make it very cool, very challenging. It's very quick and very fun. And I just like the little prop of it. And it's very simplistic. And it's one of those games where it's, I don't know if they should actually even have an LED uh, component to it. If you're going to like redo squeeze play, all I could say is make it look more like squeeze together. Like the numbers are crushed before you even grab it or have it be foam numbers. So when it's squeezed by the big dollar sign, it gets that little noise. Uh, other than that, I like squeeze play. It's that big blue and white game that's played on the show. And, and it's just a lot of fun. And lots of trips are played there. Sometimes cars. And I love that. I like a game that's that innovative that it can play for cars. It can play for... Uh, trips. It can play for just about anything. It makes it a very versatile game, and that's something that should be uh, recognized when it comes to the prices right, is the versatility of some of these pricing games. That it can be played for a car, it could be played for a trip, it could be played for dinettes, home arcades, whatever. I like that in this game, and that's why I love Squeeze Play so very much.
Add in that noise. Uh, next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, we're taking a look at Secret X. This is Holy Moly. Holy Moly is a miniature golf-based game show executive produced by NBA championship runner-up from the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry. It's a funny show. There are good golfers, and it's filmed at the Wipeout course. In round one, 12 contestants become six, as each of them are paired up against each other in six different holes. These holes all have gimmicks, such as going up a slip and slide, or having a six-foot put-off with the loser falling into the water, or having a distractor where somebody shows up behind a wall to distract a player from making it or putting it between a robot and Steph Curry. There's Steph Curry in this. He's there. Steph Curry. He's there for a bit. Anyway, it's a 1v1 battle in a hole with Joe Tessitore and Rob Riggle doing the ESPN host and comedian bit from Wipeout. But unlike Wipeout, they fall in the water a bit and get hit in for a bit, but it really doesn't have any stakes in the game. Uh, they don't really get an extra stroke that much for falling in the water. It's merely that as an add-on. Some games do have that, such as the windmill course. Um, but it's merely there just to tack on as an add-on. It feels like you're watching a mini golf show that suddenly became a wipe-off knockoff over time. That it's nearly the same level of production and casting as CW's O-Sit. In round two, the six winners, all denoted by outfits, become three in another 1v1 face-off with more silly holes that put them into water. <laughs> the final three go to one final hole, Mount Holy Moly, which is just a two-part course where they put up a hill, the hole goes where it determines the location, and then they zip line for no particular reason. Everything just feels tacked on on Holy Moly. The jokes, they still feel forced, and it feels like a parody game show than an actual game show. And while I do enjoy the simple golf rules of fewest strokes wins the hole, to me it leaves a little much to be desired. But that being said, the holes are very clever. The way they construct them are is very good. The hosting is also very good. I like Joe and I like Rob Riggle. They have a good chemistry to each other. It's almost like a plus up of the wipeout John Anderson, John Henson dynamic. But it feels like a waste of a perfectly good mini golf course. Uh, to me, I would rather have three to four players per episode. And they go through four holes. And play it like a skins game, where it's $1,000 in hole 1, $2,000 in hole 2, $3,000 in hole 3, $4,000 in hole 4. And if there's a tie by strokes, it gets broken up by a putoff in some more familiar classic style holes. After four holes, whoever got the most money uh, through the skins faces uh, one final hole for five times the amount. Uh, and then if they miss it, it goes to like three times the amount. And then double the amount, like a par three. It, it when I kept watching Holy Moly, I I love the fact they were it was Steph Curry making lots of jabs at executive producers and names only because, yeah, Justin Timberlake's an EP, yeah, LeBron James's EP for the wall, 
but a lot of these people who are executive producers are just kind of there. They say hello in like the first five seconds and then they leave. Steph Curry is actually physically there. He was there in the intro sequence. He's there in one of the holes where you get to choose between him putting or a robot. Or And at the very end, if you win, holy moly, he's there to present you with the plaid jacket. And I thought, that's actually very cool. That's actually a clever way of, of ending the show is, as the executive producer, he's just handing you, like it's the master's tournament. He's handing you the check. He's handing you the sweater. He's handing you the golden putter. There's a guy in a gopher costume. So it's kind of silly. It's kind of irrelevant. And I, I, I kind of do like it. But when I keep watching the show and it's those courses where they just fall in the water or they get hit by the windmill, it kind of just makes me want to watch Wipeout instead. I'm not saying it's a Wipeout ripoff because that is childish. This is a totally different show. This is a mini golf based show. But it is played on the Wipeout course and they do fall in the water. Am I right? So maybe it is a ripoff and I should just dismiss the entire show in general. But I don't. It feels like I, I'm, I saw a mini golf show, and then someone at ABC or someone else wanted to tack on some some wipeout style challenges to the show, because things like the sweet spot is very cool. Uh, the distractor seems kind of pointless, but uh, when I see things like a slip and slide or the log roll, I think yeah, that's kind of wipeout ish. But it also is kind of clever in the way that they're handling the game. Because it's you putt until you hit the checkered green, uh, and then it goes to the next putter. I like that. I enjoy that in the show. I think we don't really get to understand these contestants that much. And that's the big flaw I have with Holy Moly. They're kind of there for like two to three minutes. They fall in their face. They fall in the water. And that's it. I want to get to know more about these contestants. So I really do think if we just had like four players per seat per episode and we had four holes so we can see multiple times these four people falling into the water getting hit by the thing it would be funny and then you can see how these holes work because there's only 10 holes in in holy moly there's only 10 holes in this course that if you make it four or five you can actually rotate the games out and and create some favorites almost like the price is right or or let's make a deal where maybe people really want the windmill or people really want a distractor or people really want the uh the the this polar bear game things like that i really enjoy and i think there there could be more room for for innovation with the show this feels like a show that would have been better as an in-studio show than a wipeout course but for what it's worth, Steph Curry is hilarious. The writing is great, and people are talking about Holy Moly. And this could be a, a actual cult hit show for the summer, which which shows uh, what is missing is a nice, light, physical, challenge, sports based game show. And plus, it's Steph Curry. He's a cool dude. So I, I can't really get that mad. Only the uh, the presentation, and even though I'm a big advocate for tournament style play. I feel like there's too many contestants here to, to root on for Holy Moly. And a lot of the courses also translate to they fall in the water or they get hit by the thing. And that's just kind of, to me, eh, it feels like I'm watching a Wipeout. If I wanted to see that, I would want Wipeout to be returned. Um, but, you know, you know, next week, Takeshi's Castle will be discussed. So, speaking of Wipeout... Maybe we have to talk about Takeshi's Castle. Anyway, I give this a solid C. Uh, that's going to do it for us today.
I want to thank you all for tuning in. Join us next week when we'll be talking about Takeshi's Castle. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Until then, uh, just keep watching game shows. It is Wednesday, so (laughs) press your luck. Hard Sharks and Match Game will be on on ABC. Holy moly's on Thursdays. I saw Spin the Wheel on Tuesday. That's kind of weird. I got, maybe I'll go back to Thursday. I do not know. Maybe that was just for this week because of a few time shifts. Uh, but hey, check it out. Big Brother starts. We are in the midpoint of our summer special. I can't wait to see more game shows. I hope you tune in. Uh, join us next time for our great game show where we talk about Takeshi's Castle. Until next time, patreon.com slash Jordan Haas. Uh, tweet at me at Jordha, J-O-R-D-H-A, and check out more episodes at jordanhaas.com slash podcast, and you can check out this wherever other podcasts are sold. Uh, check it out at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere, really. Rate those five stars, because I have to do that call to action. Uh, and in the comment section, say what your favorite game show is, so I can probably check it out. Until then, have a great night, and big smooch! Mwah!